Welcome back to the Inside View Real Estate Podcast, guys. Today we are talking about the 2021 housing market bubble. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, I'm Josh Azuniga, co-founder of the Inside View Real Estate Podcast, where we give you bite-sized pieces of information and give you an inside look on all the major topics, whether you're investor, buyer, seller, or flipper. Stay tuned. Good afternoon, good morning, and good evening. Welcome back to the Inside View Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Josh Zuniga. I'm here with my fabulous host, Carl Freund. Yes, sir. And today we are talking about the 2021 housing market bubble. Pop. Bubble, bro. Yeah, pop. Is, is there some, a bubble? Yeah, is there something going to pop? Because we had this conversation in the beginning of the year, just talking about what happened in 2020 and what is going to be the expectations for 2021. And here we are, you know, going on six months later. This is a Pop. shit show. Has anything happened? What what is what is the conversation okay, okay, that okay, we are okay. going to have hey, about hey, this? Let me pull out the stuff because I think this is important. He's gonna pull out some stats. I'm gonna pull up bringing the out the phone. What does that say? Can you read that? Ten thousand zero six four. So ten thousand sixty four. Ten thousand sixty four represents the number of homes that are active under contract or taking backups for the first time. For the first time in a long time. Okay. Like like since like. June of last year. So if I'm not mistaken, we're here within like the greater Met Phoenix that's metro Phoenix area. Metro area yes. So that's like around a 10% increase in inventory? Uh, it's probably like 50%. 50% increase? Oh, it's, because you're doing all the active under... Okay. Yeah, yeah, and okay. understand that 50% is not double. It's only 0. 0.5. It's 0.5. It's, yeah. it's not, you know... I get it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I just want to, you know, it's not double. Yeah. It's about a 50% increase. Okay, so let's get into it, man. I got... What happened? You know, so obviously there's, I felt it. I think other agents have felt it. Maybe some buyers and listing and listing agents have felt it. There's definitely been a little bit of like a, um, a softening of the market here within Phoenix, here within Scottsdale. You know, I was watching and reading an article the other day where they were really um, interviewing the CEO of Redfin. His name is Glenn Kelman, mm -hmm. saying that, yeah, they've definitely seen, you know, a market, you know, soften up where it's not blazing hot, but it's still, it's still pretty hot. Yeah. And the reason might be even because of like everything that's starting to open up, people are getting back to their natural lives, you know, they're starting to travel again. I just read another article, there was over 2 million flights that were booked within the last few weeks. Memorial Day was probably one of the first thing, first holidays, mm -hmm. you know, that opened up, Vegas opened up, you know, the pool parties are up and going. Starting to feel like normal. Exactly. Yeah. So I think there's been just probably more of a little bit more of a distraction of like trying to buy a house and yes. probably the buyers are probably getting sick. And tired of you know all the price, um, all the price com uh, price increases, yeah, com competition. Rules. They're trying to take a step back and you know just kind of see if if something's going to happen with the market. Trust me, I've had some clients that have been exhausted. I know some of my team's clients have been exhausted, and they're just going to say, "Hey, we're just going to wait and to see if there's anything happens with the market and prices are going to drop." So, do you feel like we're still on a bubble? What are the trends? Let's get into it. Let's talk about it. Let's 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 have a nice discussion about this, guys. Okay, so I think there's two things going on. Number one is people are just sick of the bullshit. Yeah. And number two, I think the demand, you know, has the supply is starting to catch up. I mean that, you know, we've turned over enough homes now where we've satisfied a big portion of the demand in understanding that we've been selling 12,000 homes in the Phoenix metro area for like the last three or four months, which is a record number. You know, in average market, you know, kind of a temperate market would be about seven to 8,000, you know, per month. And so we're, we're almost double that, right? Yeah. And so even though there's not a lot of inventory, so to speak, everybody's like, well, there's no inventory. Well, it's just, it's turning over very, very quickly. But, Velocity, we talked you know, about it. Think about if we had 10,000 people in line, 
and we served 9,000 of them, you know, that means there's only 1,000 left, you know, and so we're starting to catch up with that, you know, that demand, you know, and so I think it's going to soften up, but not crash. I don't think there's a crash inevitable. I think as long as interest rates remain low and the affordability remains low, we should see a balancing of that market, which would be refreshing. Yeah. And you talk about, obviously, like an inventory. I know that we talked about in our first episode, probably one of our very first episodes where we talked about it's not necessarily that there's a lack of inventory. It's just the velocity and the pace that these yes. homes are selling at. Right, and we are selling at a greater pace in 2021 than we were in 2020. I know, which is nuts. Which is really nuts, yeah. you know. And I, I, um, I read, you know, one of the stats that just in the United States right now we have over probably around 680,000 homes active on the market. Mm-hmm. In 2019, we had around 1.3 million homes. You know, that's going to take a few years, even just to catch up to that number. That number has to double just to get back to where we were two years ago. So the demand is still going to be there because of, like when I say, the velocity of the inventory, lack of inventory. Rates are still low, right? Rates are still incredibly low. Mm-hmm. If something changed where the Fed decides, hey, we're going to hike it up to four, four and a, four and a half, or even four and a quarter, yeah, then definitely people would lose their minds. People would yeah. lose their minds. But trust me, when in 2019, when I got a mortgage, I was excited for a 4.25. Dude, I was ass slapping a high five. I was like, hell yeah. Man. I was like, we just got a good deal, baby. Yeah, yeah. I know. I remember when you know, rates dropped under seven and, you know, the market just took off. And, you know, and that was the start of what we saw. And we know how that ended back in 2009. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't think we're set up for that right now. You know, understanding that inflation might actually damper the the... I don't want to say the slowdown, you know, but it might damper the market. It might soften any kind of landing that we have, yeah. ironically, yeah. you know. Yeah. And even with that, like, obviously, we're coming, going back to, like, what is the buyer, what is the buyer expectations of what coming into the market? Mm-hmm. At some point, if they're tired of it and they decide, hey, we're not going to be buying anymore, there's going to be they're more listings up. that people that need to actually sell mm-hmm. because they need to relocate, they're moving to uh, for a job or for, you know, for family, whatever the case is then these houses are going to start sitting on the market for more than a week. Yeah. And instead of having 15, 20 offers, maybe just five offers, Exactly. which we're starting to see. I actually put in an offer in a house, you know, um, the other day, and it's been on the market for a week, and I was shocked, didn't have any offers on it. <laughs> and you're like, what's wrong with yeah. this house? It was $30,000 <laughs> yeah. overpriced because the comp next door sold for, you know, 30000 less. And I was yes. like, hey, what's the disconnect here? But obviously with any seller these days, they're trying to see, you know, what's the max they can actually profit, you know, from this house in this so situation. So you know what's interesting today is we actually listed a house for sale for $1. So Kurt is good, one of our real estate agents, and I had brought up on Tuesday's training. I said, if you want to know the real market value of a home, List it for a dollar and see what happens. This is interesting. Nice. And this is a really good social experiment. Yeah. And so I keep, tune back in, by the way. Like and subscribe, motherfuckers. Come back and look at this in like two months, and I'll tell you what the result was. You know, I think it'd be very interesting because this is a true market. This is capitalism, baby. Yeah. Like, this is really going to determine what the market price of a house is when you ask a, you know, a dollar for something. Single family home? Single family home. Wow. First time I've seen it in a long time. Uh-huh. We used to do this back in like 2012 <laughs> to attract a lot of attention. Yeah. But this is the first time I think in this market that that's been done. I haven't seen it. I Have haven't even heard it? of that strategy. But as far as like gaining attention, absolutely. absolutely. Kenneth James yeah. Realty. Yeah. 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 Kenneth James Realty. There we go. <laughs> we do things different. We have strategies and yes. we get it done. We, we get do. the job done, time. ladies and gentlemen. Yep. So even with that, like we, I know you, you brought up inflation you know, here, how is inflation, do you think we're headed towards like a, a hyperinflation? Like what is the market doing? Well, the you the know, definition of hyperinflation is 50% a month. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you, you can print 
money, money fast, fast enough, enough right? And, and I don't think that's going to be the case. The U.S. dollar is tied to so many different economies. You, you can't, we would be very egotistical to think that our dollar would have that massive impact. So it's too broad of a spectrum. I think that if we got into a situation where there was 8 or 9% inflation a year, the Fed is going to react. They're going to raise interest rates, which keep in mind that's going to reduce the affordability of housing because your monthly payment is really your limiting factor for a lot of people. And so that monthly payment is going to go up drastically for the same priced house. Um, the housing price might have to come down to compensate for that, right, for the affordability problem. So it just depends. As COVID opens up and supply chains open up, what did we see with lumber the other day? Went down. Went down. Yeah. Why is that, though? Because supply opened back up. Uh-huh. Trade routes opened back up. People are back to work. People are producing lumber. People are cutting lumber. People are transporting lumber. The lumber you know, yards here locally are back open. They're fully staffed. And so when you have that excess supply coming back into the market, what's going to happen to price? It's going to decrease. So I think it's going to kind of swing the other way kind of quickly, you know, where we go back into a situation where, you know, we'll have more stable inflation. So I don't think we're going to see a drastic rise in interest rates very quickly, which is why, you know, we talked about it before, you know, the affordability index. I don't think we're going to get murdered in that respect. So I think we're going to have a softer landing. Yeah. That's why I'm saying, like, inflation might actually help the situation here a little bit. It'll just kind of just... It'll just balance everything. Yeah, out. which is which would be kind of nice. You know, I know a lot of clients that we're working with. You know, myself and even my team are gonna like really want to see that relief because I feel like a lot of individuals are trying to like they're losing sight of like what the American dream is. And you know, part of that American dream is to have home ownership of some of some sort. But when you're getting when you have prices uh, towards the point where you can't even afford it anymore, not only because of the increases in the competition, but if obviously you know interest rates increase, then that dream is not going to be anywhere. So what I'm saying, in essence, guys, even just with saying that little piece, if you have the option and the ability to try and to get into a home now, I would highly recommend it. Trust me, I'm not trying to like buy less houses. Carl and I are trying to buy more houses. And he's saying, like we've talked to before, leverage up. Use other people's money to help you make money and improve your situation. The only way you're going to do that is if you take a risk and take a chance on yourself and put your money somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Put it in a smart asset that you feel comfortable with. If you don't have anybody, Carl and I can help, you know? Yeah, and keep in mind that, you know, even if you bought at the very height of the market back in 2008, the top of the market, you would be up again right now. Yeah. You know, so time fixes all of those problems. Yeah. But you, you don't worry about timing it. Just get into the market. Get into it. Yeah, yeah. get into it. Like, nobody, nobody gets... Any rewards sit on the bench. Yeah, and by the way, the people that are most conservative are the ones that get damaged the most. Yeah. Because if you're conservative and you're holding on to cash right now, talking about inflation, cash is a decreasing. It's you know it's decreasing losing in value, value. Losing value. Assets are increasing in value. So the last thing you want to hold on to when in, you're in an inflation environment is cash. It's cash. It's literally depreciating. Yeah, and that's yes. what we said it previously before, and I said it out loud. Cash is trash in a lot of sense. Yeah. Keep some cash on hand. Obviously, be involved in emergencies and, and be involved in like some investments or some one, one-off opportunities that you can take advantage of. But other than that, put your cash into vehicles that are going to actually create different streams of income for you. Yeah. That's the smartest, best advice that we have for you Be guys. diversified, too. And that's the way you're going to yeah. protect yourself from, boom, some type of bubble that's actually popping. Why? Because my money's in four different directions, not just in one house. And I'm just banking on this you know, $100,000 equity I have. Well, guess what? At one point in time, if you don't even decide to sell this house, if that if we have some type of correction in this market, that hundred thousand is gone. 
mm-hmm. and you didn't sell it, all right, or you didn't do a cash out refinance and put in that money into something else. Why? Because you're a conservative, right? Because you didn't want to lose the money or take risk. You, know, you got to take a risk on yourself at some point in time. Who are you going to trust better than yourself? You don't trust yourself. We got bigger issues, man. We got some more mindset things we got to talk about. Get aggressive. Right? So do we feel like there's going to be a bubble pop? Guys, here we are six months later. We talked about it six months ago. Here we are still going strong. Interest rates are still low. The demand is starting to, like, level out. We feel a little bit. But we're probably going to have another episode maybe next quarter and discuss this a little bit more, maybe a little in depth. Take a look at October. See what happens in October. October, because that's another peak that we have here within within Phoenix. But until next episode, guys, we love you. See you on the next one.